0: We meet today in Isaiah chapter 48 and 49. Now there are a number of subjects to highlight in these two chapters. We see the last call to the house of Jacob, the longing call of God to the remnant, the discourse of Christ to the world, then the discussion of Jehovah with Israel. Finally, there is the digression, talking of the judgment of Israel's oppressors. All three of these last sections conclude with the phrase, No peace to the wicked. That statement is even found in chapter 57 of Isaiah verse 21. The Messiah brings peace, but those who reject him will never know peace. Turning to idols is turning from the Messiah. As we have seen, this section has measured in a denunciation of idolatry. Idolatry is a road that leads to Babylon. God in this book is traveling the lonely road to Calvary. Let's consider the last call to the house of Jacob. Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name of Israel, and have come forth from the wellsprings of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord, and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth, or in righteousness isaiah 48 verse 1 there are those who say that judah and israel are different but god contradicts this thinking in this verse don't try to change the name god has given them the whole house of israel is addressed here and they belong to the chosen line through abraham isaac and jacob The apostate nation back then and in our day should listen to this final injunction to turn back to God. They speak of the God of Israel as though they know Him. Actually, they neither know Him nor serve Him. They have a religion without any strength whatsoever. They will not find the solution to their problems even by turning to the United States or to Russia or to the Arab nations. Help will come when they turn to God. That is their solution, and that is our solution too. For they call themselves after the holy city and lean on the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. Isaiah 48 verse 2. The Israelites boast of being citizens of Jerusalem and of being children of God. But are they such only in name? They are actually strangers to God at the moment. Because I knew that you were obstinate, and your neck was an iron sinew, and your brow bronze. Isaiah 48 verse 4. You see, from the very beginning, when God took Israel out of Egypt... He knew that they were stiff-necked people. And my friend, God did not choose them because they were superior. Nor did he choose us because we are superior. God chose them and us because of his grace and because he saw our great need. So that is the point here. The great invitation is given, the call to the house of Jacob. After that call, we need to also know that God longing call of God is that he needs the remnant. He is calling the remnant. He is pleading with his people to listen to him. Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, my cold, I am he. I am the first. I am also the last. Isaiah 48 verse 12. Now, It would seem here God is no longer addressing the nation as a whole, but he confines his word to the remnant labeled, My called, there is now the remnant. I, even I, have spoken. Yes, I have called him. I have brought him, and his way will prosper. Isaiah 48 verse 15. You see, this is the heart cry coming from God. Come near to me. Hear this, I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, I was there, and now the Lord God and His Spirit have sent me. Isaiah 48 verse 16. The speaker here is clearly the servant of the Lord. The Spirit is more likely object rather than subject, that is, the send rather than the sender. It is Isaiah who becomes God's messenger. He is pleading with them. As he pleads, you can also hear the Lord Jesus pleading with you. F. Dillich appropriately says, Since the prophet has not spoken in his own person before, whereas on the other hand these words are followed in the next chapter by an address concerning himself, From that servant of Jehovah who announces himself as the restorer of Israel and light of the Gentiles. And who cannot be there for either Israel as a nation or Isaiah. It can be none other than the Lord Jesus himself pleading. So God has never been able to bless the nation Israel to the fullness of his promise. And you and I have never been blessed as much as God would like to bless us. Whose fault is it? Is it God's fault? No, my friend. It is Israel's fault and the fault of you and me. The blessings of God are there, plenty of them. When we are in a right relationship with him, they simply flow. Your descendants also would have been like the sand, and the offspring of your body like the grains of sand. His name would not have been cut off, No, destroyed from before me. Isaiah 48 verse 19. Well, that is the promise of the blessings of God. Then Isaiah concludes this section as the three sections of his last major division of Isaiah conclude. Using that phrase, there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Isaiah 48 verse 22. Well, this is the solemn benediction of this section where God's servant is set over against all idols of the heathens. He alone gives peace. If a person is away from God living in sin, he cannot find peace in the world today. We have several thousand years of recovered history which tell us that anyone away from God hasn't had any peace. That's the way chapter 48 concludes. Actually talking, there is no peace for the wicked. Now Isaiah brings us to another section. And in chapter 49, we have the third and final division of the book of Isaiah. There is a threefold division which is marked off with the words, there is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. So we have seen in the first division the comfort of the Lord, which comes through the servant. Now chapter 49 begins the second division, which I call salvation of the Lord, which comes through the suffering servant. We are now beginning to move toward a definite revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ as the suffering servant of God. We have been moving towards that revelation from the very beginning. But at first, we saw him more as a shadow in the background and as the servant who brings comfort to God's people. The closer we get to chapter 53, where we have that wonderful revelation of the cross of Christ, the more clearer he will become to us. Israel was the servant of the Lord, but as such, Israel had failed. Now God speaks of another servant, and that servant is the Lord Jesus Christ. The prophetic scriptures spoke primarily of Israel as God's servant, yet the final meaning is found in the person of Christ. And a classic illustration is in Hosea 11 verse 1, where it is recorded, When Israel was a child, then I loved him, and called my son out of Egypt. Well, this was fulfilled in Christ Jesus, according to Matthew 2 verse 15. The nation failed, but the one who came out of the nation will succeed, Jesus Christ. Chapter 49 begins there with the discourse of Christ to the world. As we open this chapter, we are listening in on a discourse by Christ as truly as the twelve apostles listened to Christ in Galilee. In chapter 49, we see Christ moving out, to become the savior of the world. In this movement, Israel is not forsaken. For her assured restoration to the land is reaffirmed. There is nothing to correspond to this remarkable discourse of our Lord Jesus Christ in the religions of this world. Here is one who is looking at the world, and he is looking at it as the servant of God, who has come as the savior of the world. Every religion is confined to an ethnic group or to several ethnic groups. Generally, they do not move beyond the borders of a tribe, a people, or a nation, so that most deities are local deities. However, the deity in the word of God is the living God, the creator of the whole universe, and the redeemer of mankind. This fact makes this discourse before us a very remarkable one. Listen, all coastlands, to me, and take heed you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the matrix of my mother. He has made mention of my name. Isaiah 49 verse 1. Well, the theme of chapter 40 to 66 is the theme of comfort, especially in chapters 48 to 57. The Lord announces to Israel not only the end of the exile, but also the final redemption and restoration of believing Israel and God's reign of righteousness on the earth through the suffering servant. He calls them to abandon Babylon and its ways and return to Jerusalem to the Lord and to rely completely on Him. It is Christ who is calling upon the nations of the world to hear He was given the name of Jesus before he was born and his name is to be proclaimed throughout the world because it is the name of the Savior and the world needs a Savior. And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his hand. He has hidden me and made me a polished shaft in his quiver he has hidden me. Isaiah 49 verse 2. The sharp sword that went out of his mouth here is the word of God and the explanation of his enemies when he walked on this earth. We had, it was said in John 7 verse 46, no man ever spoke like this man. And the revelation of this one concludes with these words. According to Revelation, 19 verse 15, And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, with which ye should smite the nations. You see here, it is the judgment of the nations by the word of God. But notice the identification. And he said to me, You are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Isaiah 49 verse 3. Here it is clear that the servant in this passage is Jesus of Nazareth, for he brings salvation to Israel as well as to the whole world. This will be true of the nation Israel, and it is true of Christ. Now this is the remarkable statement. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain. Yet surely my just reward is with the Lord and my work is. With my God Isaiah 49 verse 4 Though the Lord Jesus was rejected And it may look as if he labored in vain His confidence is in God Even the death of the Lord Jesus was a victory In fact it is the greatest victory The world has ever seen up to the present time The emphasis in this section therefore Is on the suffering servant And from a suffering servant's point of view, it looked as if he had labored in vain. At his first coming, Christ did not gather Israel as they rejected him. At his first coming, he did something far more wonderful. He wrought salvation for the world. Therefore, God's purposes were not frustrated by men's little machinations. And now the Lord says, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, so that Israel is gathered to him. For I shall be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Isaiah 49 verse 5. Now I would like to submit this to you as being one of the most remarkable passages in the word of God, talking of the suffering Severed, as he would. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, their Holy One, to him whom men despises, to him whom the nations abhor, to the servant of rulers. Kings shall see and arise. Princes also shall worship because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, and he has chosen you. Isaiah 49 verse 7. Paul said it like this, Now if therefore is riches for the world, and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. Romans 11 verse 12. So here the rejection of Christ by Israel meant that the gospel went to the ends of the earth. Just think how great it will be someday in the future when God regathers Israel. We now move to the discussion of Jehovah with Israel. The Lord discusses with Israel. From this section, the discussion of the Lord with Israel regarding their restoration. Now I shall lift out only a few verses as we consider that discussion. Thus says the Lord. In an acceptable time I have had you, and in that day of salvation I have helped you. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages. Isaiah 49, verse 8. You see, God had the prayer of Christ, and he whom the nation crucified will be the one before whom kings will bow, and every knee must bow and acknowledge his lordship. Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, and break out in singing all mountains for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted Isaiah 49 verse 13 you see God's purposes in the earth center in the nation of Israel when they are back in the land then both the heavens and the earth can rejoice today however everything is more or less out of place as far as the world is concerned Israel should be in their land And in the place of blessing. Serving God. At the moment they are not. The church should be in heaven with Christ. But the church is still in the world. The devil should be in hell. But at the moment he is walking around on the earth. Seeking whom he may devour. The Lord Jesus Christ should be sitting upon the throne of the earth. Ruling the earth. But at the moment he is at the right hand of the father. There are many things that have to be shifted around and put in the right socket. And this is why we see this prophecy mainly talking about the future. Even the people of Israel think they are forsaken of God. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Isaiah 49, verse 14 to verse 16. You see here, my friend, God's covenant with Israel is again renewed in the most poignant terms. Could ever a mother forget her nursing child? Even if that unlikely event transpired, God would be found more faithful, never forgetting Israel. What beautiful assurance God gives to his children that they are not forsaken of him. Israel may forsake him as they are doing today, but God will never forsake them. What consolation. What assurance of the faithfulness of god to his covenant it is equally true when god makes a covenant with you and when you come to him trusting in jesus christ your salvation is assured your acceptance into the beloved is assured you can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these living word for africa programs so you can follow them as you listen for your copies Please write to The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.